You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 98. And today, we're talking all about how to improve your relationship with money and how to make more. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 800,000 downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. All right, hello. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in. My name is James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business Podcast, and we are on the road. Today, I'm actually coming to you from the apartment that I rented with my wife, Chelsea, here in New York City. We're down in the West Village, taking a month to enjoy New York with the beautiful weather that we are having. And I actually just did a quick stopover in Toronto, Canada, where I got to meet up with a very, very good friend of mine, Stu McLaren. And we just wrapped up an amazing interview together. It was so good. And the hardest thing about that interview was having to end it because of time. But it was so good. Now, I've known Stu for a really long time. In fact, his kids were in our wedding. They were the ring bear and the flower girl in our wedding, which we actually just celebrated our one-year anniversary just a couple days ago. And most of our listeners have probably heard of Stu. And you might know Stu. He's accomplished a lot in his life, one of which was he co-founded Wishlist Member, a software platform that creates membership sites and online member portals for your digital products and content. But most recently, and this is an extraordinary accomplishment in and of itself, is in the last eight months, Stu has started, launched, and grew a business from zero to just over $5 million in eight months. Not bad. And he's done that primarily with his flagship product, Tribe which teaches you how to have reoccurring revenue in your business. And when I launched my membership site four years ago, four or five years ago now, Stu was the go-to person I went to for so much of what I learned and so much of what I was implementing. But we're not talking membership sites today. That's not why I have Stu on. You know, I like to talk less about the technical strategy here and more about the mindset. And Stu has a very, very unique perspective on what business is, how he sees business, and even more specifically, money. And how he used to self-sabotage when it came to money, and now has really adopted an extremely abundant mindset. And that has now, you know, manifested in a very, very lucrative business. So I'm so excited to share this interview, and I think you're going to love it. So without further ado, let's listen to that interview with Stu McLaren right now. All right, I am here on the road in Toronto, Canada with Mr. Stu McLaren. Stu, how you doing, buddy? Well, listen, first of all, I am happy and grateful that you are here in Toronto because you are helping a brother out. Yes, we're here at this is a two-day mastermind. That, that... Two-day mastermind where we're uh, raising a whole bunch of money for our charity. So the people that are here paid a bunch of money to be here to be able to mastermind and help each other with our businesses. But the main thing is that the money that they spent is going towards our charity, which is going to do a whole lot of good. And so I'm grateful that you're here and helping out with it. Yes. And the charity is World Teacher Aid. Yep. And you and your wife, Amy, run it. Yep. And we're actually really excited to be going to Kenya 
to help. I know. This, I know. This Finally, fall. we've yeah. convinced the Wedmores to come experience it because you know it's a huge part of my life, my career, and it's one of the things that I love giving is that experience to other entrepreneurs because it just opens you up in a whole different way. Absolutely. And that's part of what we want to get into today on this episode. Your most recent business in this last year has just been an extraordinary year for you. Zero to over $5 million in revenue with your newest business venture. And that's extraordinary. And you're just getting started. Like, let's just be honest. You're just getting... Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, yeah, the headline is, you know, zero to five million in eight months. But, you know, the reality of it is, is obviously there's decades building up to this, you know. And so, you know, obviously sometimes when you hear the headlines, like it's like, oh, wow, that's, you know, sexy. Like, but what you know, is important to understand is there's a lot of groundwork that was laid before that, you know, relationships that were built over many, many years and all of which contributed. There's no way that we would have been able to do what we have done had all of that not happened before. Yes, but none of that downplays this. It's all correlated to that. In fact, that's one of the things I want to start out acknowledging you by, like, which I think just truly makes you such an extraordinary human being, is that out of everyone I know, I think you've been in this industry longer than I'm an old man. <laughs> you are an old man in this industry and we know this you've seen the changes in the evolution of this industry but how many people do we know that aren't here today because they've you know like a dying star or they've moved it on yet you've been able to have that experience and that time in the industry yet stay so relevant and so well, we were kind of talking about this yesterday like egoless mm. where you know you don't the way i see you at least is you don't have this chip on your shoulder or like the senioritis of like well i've been here longer so i know what i'm talking about you have changed just along with the market well and truth be told i learned this from great mentors and friends you know i had a first hand experience with people who were at the pinnacle of this industry, like at the peak, like they were, you know, at the top. And yet what I saw firsthand was them close themselves off to new relationships and or learning new things. And what happened is their business just became stale and unrelevant and you could see it. And then similarly, I had great mentors around me, you know, one in particular that, you know, I'm a, obviously he became a business partner, but he's, you know, such a dear friend is Michael Hyatt. Now, so Michael Hyatt here is a former CEO of one of the largest publishing companies in the world. He left that position as CEO and started his own influencer business. And I mean, here's a guy that has been at the top of the publishing industry for decades. And yet every year he made a point of attending different seminars and workshops that could help him improve not only his knowledge, but his business. And, you know, when I was with him, it was one of those moments where you see how somebody continues to grow, continues to get better and better and better because of exactly what you're talking about. They're willing to put their ego aside and say, look, I know a lot, which is an asset, but there's so much more to learn. And there's so many great people who may not have necessarily accomplished everything that 
I have accomplished in the grand scheme of things, but they're doing extraordinarily well in like a certain part. And you start adding all these things up and you can really build an awesome team for sure, but also just like your own knowledge and your own skill sets. And then that's how you really make progress. And, you know, when we met, we were in a close mastermind for a number of years. And the little nitty gritty behind the scenes of that was that I recognized there was so much value in being in that group because every single person who was in that group was doing extraordinary things in their own particular area. Mm-hmm. And for me, I looked at it like, this is an awesome opportunity. These are all people who are kicking butt in like a certain area. Like you, at the time, were hyper-focused on YouTube. And I was just like, man, I want to learn everything I can from him. And then once we got into the group, then I start realizing, like, holy cow, like, these guys know a lot more and are so much skilled in so many other areas. And it was just an awesome opportunity. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned from great mentors is that the people that stay on top are the people that, you know, put the ego aside are always willing to learn from anybody, no matter what level they're at, because we can all learn something. And then using that in our own business moving forward. And here's the thing. Sometimes when people have customers and clients, they put themselves on the pedestal like I'm the universe of body of knowledge. My customers must learn from me. <laughs> mm. But the reality of it is, is that your customers have so much to share with you and so much to teach you. And I think that there's so much value there, too. So I don't know, man. It's just it's an awesome world of opportunity to be able to continuously learn. And I think as long as you hold that near and dear, you'll continue to grow and continue to stay on top. I love that. And it is so true. So true. And I know you're still listening to podcasts, going to seminars and workshops and stuff like that. So it's beautiful to see the balance of that, that you're having the intake of new information as well as the output of it, of teaching and well, sharing. Well, think of it like this way. It's like in order to have the output, you got to have the input. Mm-hmm. So if you stop taking stuff in, the stuff that you're putting out is going to become stale old and stagnated. So if you want to stay relevant, you've got to continuously fill yourself up. And that means putting yourself at conferences, at events where you're there to learn, not to speak, not to teach, but to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really powerful characteristic. Well, one one thing you pride yourself on is simplicity. And I would say Stu is a simple man. You know, (laughs) he's a simple, maybe we'll call him a simpleton. No, he's a, he's a simple man. You really are. And that is not to be taken lightly because it's not easy. I envy that, to be honest with you. Do you get overwhelmed? Oh, for sure, dude. Like, yeah. listen, if you're not willing to admit as an entrepreneur that there are times of overwhelm, then you're not really growing your business yeah. at the level you could be. You know, of course, we all experience overwhelm, but that's my reason for trying to make things simple. Like, even recently, like I was sharing with you yesterday, you know, our business has grown in this last year, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. And with that comes all kinds of new opportunity, aka complexity yes. many times. And there's so many different ways you can go with the business to grow it. And I was starting to feel overwhelmed. It was like all these things were stacking up. And what I know to be true is that the more balls in the air you have, the worse you become at juggling them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So the goal for me is just to keep a few balls so that I am like hyper-focused on them. And then if I were to continue with the juggling analogy, then I can do a whole bunch of tricks. You yeah. know what I mean? Then I can become way, way better at juggling fewer balls and I can build so much more momentum. This is 
wisdom from an experienced business owner. Mm. I think this must have come from years of experience because this is not what you hear from someone who started a business in the last year or two. Well, it's just it's easy to get wrapped up in the excitement of the new opportunity that's coming. Yeah. So you you know. In the beginning, you're just focused on like, you know, getting the idea out there, making some sales, and when you make some sales, you're like, oh my goodness, like somebody actually likes me. They're they're actually getting value from this. And so, you know, it's exciting. And with that, like, if you do your job right and you're focused on helping your customers get the results, you're gonna have great stories to tell, which is gonna build momentum in your business and your marketing, and new opportunities are gonna come at you, left, right, and center. People are gonna wanna hire you, people are gonna wanna do this and that. And it's hard to say no. Especially if you're an entrepreneur in the earlier stages. Yes. Because all you want and you're so desperately seeking is for people to say yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to say no to opportunities, but it's not necessarily saying no. Many times it's just saying not yet mm-hmm. and being hyper focused on you know, doing a few things really, really well. And you will gain way more momentum in your business and in your life if you focus on doing a few things and just do them really, really well. That's so true. And my last question on that is, do you use money or revenue as an indicator in some or a measurement to help you decide what's a yes and what's a no? Like, do you ask yourself questions? How much revenue could this generate? Or is it a totally different litmus test that you're using? Well, in the business, not like charity or anything, but yeah, well, I'm going to use an analogy that may or may not be appropriate. So viewer discretion advised, (laughs) but you know, listen, in business, there are many ways that you and I can make money, like highly profitable ways. And if we were only focused on that, then heck, like if you're starting out, why not get into prostitution? Like there's a ton of money in that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So what stops you from doing that? Well, there's something else. There's a, another litmus test. And for me, the litmus test, when you ask, like, you know, what else contributes to whether I say yes or no to a thing, a lot of times it's stress. So is this opportunity going to create a lot of stress? For me, my whole entire life is designed to eliminate or reduce bad stress. There's a difference. Yeah. Good stress comes from, like, pushing yourself, and from that comes growth. But bad stress comes when you are up at night and you can't sleep and you're worried and you're anxious and you're full of, you know, all kinds of doubt and all this kinds of stuff. And that's going to happen. But if you have a lot of that in your life, it's going to destroy your life. It's going to destroy relationships. And many times people don't acknowledge it for what it is and for the impact that it's having. But I'm telling you, if you eliminate stress in your life, everything else becomes better. And so for me, that's my number one thing that I look at. Number two is, will it be profitable? Because it has to either meet or exceed the profitability of the things that I'm currently doing. If it doesn't, then it doesn't make sense for me to invest the time there. Yes. Because I've got more leverage elsewhere. You right. know what I mean? And then, so you're, you're asking yourself questions to kind of play that out. Like, what's the potential revenue here? How could this- Like, here's an example. So I have a friend of mine who I went to high school with. He's in my wedding party. Like, he's a dear friend of mine. He's done phenomenally well in his own entrepreneurial path. And he basically invested in a bunch of restaurants. And so for years, he's been encouraging me, asking me, you know, hey, dude, like I'm going to be opening up another restaurant. You want to invest with me? He's like, I, you know, I, we could really use your marketing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, dude, I love you. But no, <laughs> you know, like 
I love to eat at restaurants, but I would never love to own a restaurant. And primarily because look at the business we're in. The mm-hmm. profit margins from selling advice and information are so huge compared to a restaurant. And then when you stack on the stress factor of a restaurant versus the kind of business we're in, it just does not make sense. So you can see how like these two things like influence greatly the path that I choose. So yes, stress is there, profitability is there. And then more recently, I've really started to focus on like, will this new opportunity or this new thing help me move forward my other projects or take them to another level? Like, can I carry the momentum from this new opportunity over into my other opportunities. Because what I don't want is I don't want like a whole bunch of random businesses that have no synergy between each other. I want everything that I'm involved with to be able to create momentum for all the other things. Leverage. Leverage. So I want to stack all the momentum together. And so I don't want a whole bunch of randomness. So that's another example. Like the restaurant would not past that limits test either because it has nothing to do with what I'm doing online. And so it just wouldn't make sense. So for me, that's like stress, number one, profitability, number two, and number three is their synergy. Well, I love that you added the stress piece because I know you're huge on this anti-hustle movement, (laughs) which was a huge reason why we started the podcast. Yeah. People, and it stemmed from my own belief that, oh, if I need to succeed, I just need to work harder than the next guy. And you did for a while. I did for a long while. And you burned yourself out. I burned myself out a few times. Yeah. It was bad. So I love that that's, you give yourself permission to find things that are profitable without the stress. I think that's really great. Well, the good news is... In today's world, there are so many opportunities to be able to do just that. Yes. There are so many opportunities to be able to design the business the way you want. This is why I, you know, we resonate so well and why we've, you know, remained friends for so long is that we share a similar belief in that. Yeah. You know, and I love what you have done with your business. I love that you're able to, you know, take months off with your wife and honeymoon and break your back. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> but it's being able to have that like freedom to be able to design it the way you want. And, you know, you're a perfect example of that. You know, you love surfing, you're in the water all the time. I love that you and Chelsea, you know, have been spending a month in New York because that's just what you wanted to do, you know, and being able to have that flexibility and freedom is available to us now. Mm -hmm. The hard part is that most of us have not taken a step back and thought about like, what do I actually want? Yeah. You know, like what would I want this business to actually provide me and really thinking and getting clear about that. Cause most of the time we're just like, dude, I just want to make some extra money. Like I just want to, you know, make an extra thousand dollars a month or $5,000 a month. I just want to replace my job. Like I just, I don't want to be stuck in this job, but why? Like why? Well, I know you, as I just heard it come through you yesterday, you have a, at your core, a big guiding mission and why you know, you hear this for years. I'm sure you've read it in every book and seen it at at least one presenter at every conference. Like, you got to have a why. And coming from the hustler mindset, I was like, I don't need a why. I just work hard and I do. <laughs> but you do have a mission. Mm. Let's just call it that. And I see how everything pours out of that. It comes from that place. And I want to talk about that, but I want to put a pin in that for a moment and ask Another question, which is ultimately why I wanted to have this episode, and it started with being in the audience at Jeff Walker's LaunchCon event back in last October of 2016, and you spoke, Mm. and you said something that just like, 
was like a lightning bolt resonated with me so much and I just loved it where you talked about your relationship with money has changed so much. Definitely. And I'm wondering if you can take us through that journey because I do think you have a very unique relationship with money that most people don't have. Well, to give it context, I grew up in a small rural town about an hour and a half south of Toronto. So we're talking you know, out in the country, you know, corn on one side, cows on the other. So I'm out in the middle of nowhere, but I loved it. I loved it because it was peaceful. There was space. But I share that with you because that's important to understand where I was coming from. You know, both my parents, they were blue collar workers, still are. My dad worked two full-time jobs my entire life as a kid. So he worked in high school with people with special needs. So he'd work nine till three in the afternoon with people in the school. And then he had a night job, four nights a week, where he worked eight at night till eight in the morning. Wow. And so you think like, when did he sleep? I have no idea. But here's the other crazy thing. My dad was also there for every sporting event. Like I played sports all through high school, soccer, basketball, badminton, track, you name it. I was doing it. And he was there all the way supporting. And so I have no idea when he got sleep. I have no idea how he did it. As a father now, like the sacrifices that he made are mind-blowing to me. And my mom's the same way. My mom worked in a, or still does, works in an elementary school with kids with autism. And then three nights a week, she would work in a fine dining restaurant. And so my parents would counterbalance it. So the nights that my dad was working, my mom wasn't. Mm. And the nights my mom was working, my dad wasn't. And it was just crazy to me to grow up into that. And so for me, money meant hard work. You yeah. know, you got to put in the time. But I got to an age when I was like around 12 when I started to question things a little bit. Because I was like, there's nobody that works harder than my parents. Like nobody. But yet there were people that were far more financially successful than my parents. So something wasn't adding up. Mm -hmm. I was just like, there's a disconnect here. Hard work does not necessarily mean, you know, better life. Yeah. And so that was when the seed was planted. I just kind of like started, you know, more and more thinking about that. And then later on, it kind of manifested itself where I realized the only way for me to really control my financial destiny was to, you know, go out on my own and become an entrepreneur. And I did. And in my early 20s, it was more about like my career was more about learning and just gaining experience and building relationships. So I worked for free for many people for many years to gain that experience, to develop those relationships. And those things just started compounding because of the relationships. I had more opportunities come to me, better opportunities, and I was learning so much. And then when I finally did start my business, I was doing well, like in my mid 20s, I was earning multiple six figures. So I was earning more than both my parents combined. What I noticed in hindsight was that I would get to a certain point. Like for me, it was right around like $250,000, $300,000 a year. And I'd get to that point. And then I would start like self sabotaging my own success, not realizing it at the time. Right. But on a subconscious level, it was like my subconscious was saying, Whoa, Stewie boy, mm -hmm. listen. You're doing good, but you don't need to do that good. Let's tone her back a bit. And so how would that manifest itself? Well, it meant that like I wouldn't call clients back or I would just miss deadlines. And not because I wasn't aware of them, but just 
I don't know. There was like something happening on a subconscious level that was just, I was self-sabotaging my own success. And it wasn't until my then girlfriend, now wife, Amy, when we went to Kenya for the very first time. And my wife has always been a traveler. She loves to travel, but not always to like, you know, the resorts. She loves the resorts. Don't get me wrong. But she also loves going on the off-beaten path. Mm. So she would travel to like different countries and she'd go and experience the culture and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things as a teacher she noticed was that there were a lot of kids that wanted to go to school but just didn't have the opportunity. Either the schools were too far or they didn't have the money or there just wasn't even a school in the area. And so one year she said, like, I really want to do something about this. And to fast forward that particular piece of the story, we decided to start our charity And so we land in Kenya. That's where we decided we were going to build our first school. And we're in Kenya. We're exploring possible locations to build this first school. And we meet with the chairman of this community. And I'm asking him questions because I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, what's it going to cost? Like, I have no idea. And I'm asking him about the cost of building materials. I'm asking him about this and that. And then I asked him, how much does it cost to fund the full-time salary of a teacher. Like how much, if I were to pay a teacher's salary, how much would I be looking at? He's like, it's about $100 a month. And in that moment, it was like this connection was made because at the time I had a company that I co-founded called Wishlist Products. And our primary product was a piece of software, a membership platform called Wishlist Member. And we sold it for $97 for a single site license. And I made this connection like, well, wait a minute. If I just make one more sale of this software per month and I just dedicate that to funding the full-time salary of a teacher, like imagine the impact I could have. Because that teacher immediately influences like a whole bunch of kids. And I was like, wow. But then like the real light bulb went off. I was like, Stu, buddy. (laughs) What if you make a whole bunch more sales and you dedicate a whole bunch more to causes and people that you're passionate about? Imagine then the impact you could have. And I was just like, oh, yeah. I was, yes. I'm like, bring it. And so from that point forward, it completely shifted my whole mindset on money because now money was not like this selfish, self-serving thing that, quote, I didn't deserve, you know, because I think that's probably at the, you know, deep down under it was that thought was buried there. Yeah. And I think that came from just seeing my parents like my parents, like, again, nobody works harder than my parents. So it was like, well, listen, if you're not working hard, you don't deserve this because right. if there's someone that deserves it, it's your parents because of the way that they work, you know? So I think that definitely was at a subconscious level, but this whole thing shifted my mindset because now it wasn't about like making money for my own selfish purposes and whether I deserved or not deserved it. Now it became a vehicle to be able to have impact and contribute to people and causes and things that I was passionate about. And so now I love making money. Like I think it's the greatest gift that you and I have as entrepreneurs is the ability to be able to come up with an idea Put it out there, create value, and get rewarded for that value. And then we're in a position of stewardship at that point. We can decide whatever we want to do with that money. And the thing that has lit me up, and this we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, was that I have fallen in love with using business and the money we make to serve the people that we love the most, 
our friends, our family, to serve our community, perhaps even our communities that we live in, perhaps our communities online, and to serve the world. People that could never, ever repay us, but do it in a way where the more money we make, the more impact we can have. And now, dude, this is why I love business. This is why I love yeah. making money. You know, and it, for me, it's a total game. I am totally hyper-focused on how much money we can make because of the contribution that we can therefore turn around and give. And it's so much fun. And, and this is what you shared with like 900 people at LaunchCon. It was so great. The more money we make, the more impact we can create. I just, I love that. Now... I have a giant chalkboard at my office. It says, my dream is, and everyone who comes in writes something on it. And you wrote something on it a couple years ago. Do you remember what you... 9010? Yes. Yes. So, along with what we've just talked about, one of the things that I started doing was I started reading and researching other highly successful entrepreneurs who use their business as a vehicle for creating positive change. And there was a YouTube video that I'd highly recommend your listeners go and check out. It was called The Secret Billionaire. And it's the story of the guy who first started the airport duty-free shops. Hmm. You know, like when you're in the airport and there's the duty-free shops? There's a guy that actually started that. That was like an idea that he started. And similarly, he started making like a boatload of money. I mean, I felt guilty about, you know, making $250,000, $300,000. That was like, you know, jump change to this guy. It was like pocket money. He was making billions of dollars with this and he felt ridiculously guilty about it. And so what he started doing was he started secretly giving it away. Like he was secretly building like universities and he was secretly donating like hundreds of millions of dollars anonymously and like in fact in the video they talk about like how he wanted anonymously to donate hundreds of millions of dollars to build this university over in ireland i think it was and the priests that were like building it they came into all kinds of conflict and tension because people were like where are you guys getting this money and they swore that they couldn't (laughs) tell and so people thought they were getting from like drug trade or like you know illegally or whatever It was almost like he was trying to absolve himself of this guilt that he felt of making money by just like offloading it, you know, in as many places as possible. But then over the years, almost like the exact same transformation and realization that I had, he experienced it too, where he realized like this is a huge opportunity. And when he was 75 years old, he finally came out in public and shared what he was doing. And he shared like that his goal was to give away all of his money by the time he dies. So he started giving away a million dollars a day to different people and causes and things that he was passionate about. And I just thought about it. I was just like, this is unbelievable. Like, it's so incredible. And there are so many other stories like that. Like, if you read the story of Paul Newman with the Paul Newman salad dressing, Mm -hmm. that's a whole business that was designed to give all that money away that that company makes. Like the entire time that Paul Newman was building that thing, the whole intention was to build a company that just gives the money away. It was just so inspiring. So like for me, like it started getting me really thinking about what do I want my legacy to be? And even just on a more granular level, what purpose do I want the business to have? And so I love making money as I've talked about because I love giving it away. And so my goal that I wrote on your board 
was to inverse tithing, Mm -hmm. where most people live on 90% of their income and give away 10%. That's the traditional tithing thing. What if, what if we flipped that? What if we live on 10% and give away 90%? Imagine the impact we could have with that. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we sacrifice our lifestyle at all. Trust me, James, you know. (laughs) Amy, my wife, and I, we like, you know, the finer things in life. But what if we get an idea, a sense of like how much it costs us to have the lifestyle and the life that we want. And yet, that cost is 10% of what we totally make. So let's just use simple math. Let's say it costs me a million dollars to live the lifestyle I want every year. Well, that's easy. That just means that the business needs to make $10 million a year. It's funny. I love this because I remember years ago we were hanging out. I was This is when I was in your old hometown for the Mumford & Sons concert. Yeah, good old Port Dover, Ontario. Port Dover, thank you. Yeah. You said, I believe there are two types of people when it comes to money. Those that, well, you know, that are, have good relationships with money, I guess, is those who are, get really good at saving money. Mm. Like they have their budgets and they find the coupons. And he goes, and there are those that are really good at making it. Yes. And this is what you're talking about. You're just saying increase that bottom line number so that 10% is bigger than somebody else's 90%. Totally. Yeah. Like, And the reason that came up was because we had a neighbor who was really good at penny pinching. Mm-hmm. Really good at it. And probably really proud of that. Too. Really it proud of it. like a negative bad No. Pay. So it was like if they wanted to go on vacation, they're like, okay, this is how much money we make. If we want to go on vacation, it's going to cost this. We have to save. We have to figure out how to cut things back in order to create that money to be able to go do what we want to do. As entrepreneurs, it's a different mindset. As entrepreneurs, it's like, okay, if that's how much money it's going to cost, what do we need to do to create that? So it's like adding to it. It's like the same thing. It's like if the million dollars is what it takes for you to live the ultimate lifestyle you want, or even if it's $10 million, it's $10 million. What does that mean? It just means that your business got to make $100 million. Like it's simple math. And what that does is now that pushes you as an entrepreneur to what? To make more money. And that's what we are wired to do. We are wired to see opportunities and to find opportunities that are going to allow us to be able to do that. And so for me, this is why I love being an entrepreneur. There's no limits on what we can do in our life and in the way that we want to contribute. I love this. And it's just such a new, empowering, and different way to look at our relationship with money, which is ultimately why I, one of the many reasons why I wanted to have you on here. So before we wrap up, can you cap this by sharing a little bit about like, what is that driving force for you? I know you just had a very clear mission that you shared yesterday that permeates into everything else that you're doing. Well, on a personal level, it's definitely this whole, you know, live on 10%, give away 90%. Mm -hmm. And for the record, when I say giveaway, I'm not just talking about like, you know, starting your own charity. Because this is what a lot of people have said to me. They're like, yeah, that sounds great, Stu, but I can't start my own nonprofit. You don't need to start your own nonprofit. Like what I'm talking about is like when I say contributing, I'm con- saying contributing to like, you know, people that you love. I'm saying contributing to your local community. Like, you know, we support our kids' school as an example or sports teams that your kids may be involved in or any other ways that you want to locally get involved. Like my brother-in-law does an amazing job. Like he started this thing called 100 Guys. It's 100 Guys in Brantford. It's basically 100 guys in his particular town get together and we all give $100. Some of us give more, but all give $100. And then three or four guys 
make a presentation on behalf of a local charity. Hey, this senior living home, they really need help for this particular reason. Or this shelter really needs help in the wintertime because they've got all these kids who don't have like winter coats or whatever it is, you know? So three or four guys make a presentation on behalf of a charity and then all the guys vote on which charity should get the money and all the, it's guaranteed $10,000 that goes to that particular charity, local charity. Yeah. It's amazing, right? And this is what I'm talking about. Like the impact and contribution can come from so many different levels. And so with that, what I've realized though is that because of my shift in the way that I think about money and the way that I think about business and the thrill that comes from giving, it's made me a better businessman. Like it's made me better at business. And what I've found is I've attracted higher quality people into my life. And I want that for everyone. It's why like I've been like bugging at you and bugging at you to come to Kenya because one of the thrills that I have is helping high level entrepreneurs experience the same almost like I don't even know it's like heart opening experience you know what I mean because then it helps you realize like what an awesome position we are all in and so for me like I want to in my business now it's kind of like I've got ultimate leverage like what if now yes I can do that for myself and yes, I can do that for a small group, like by bringing over small groups to Kenya and helping them have the same experience I had. But what if I could use my platform to help entrepreneurs make more money in their business in a less stressful way? Because if those two things happen, guess what? Now they're going to be far more open to contributing more to the causes that they're passionate about. And so for me, it's like the ultimate leverage, like yeah. being in a position where we have the privilege to be able to speak and teach and serve an audience of people. What if I can help them get a great result, more profit, less stress, and then the byproduct of that is inspire them or provide them an experience to be able to give more of it away to causes that they're passionate I, about. I love that, man, because it's so simple. It's so powerful, and you really can. You can see how it drives everything that you're doing. And probably ultimately, just to, to circle back, helps you determine which projects you work on and what you say no to. Who I work with projects on and who I don't. Yeah. Because you and I both know people have different values, different priorities. And there's nothing wrong. It's not to say, like, this is the only way to do business, and these are the right priorities, and those are the wrong priorities, or vice versa. All it's saying is just it's about getting clear on what is important to you and then aligning the way you do business um, and the people you do business with around those things. I love it. Man, I could keep going for hours with you. So I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been so great. And I know our listeners are going to love this. I know you've got some super exciting stuff coming up. I'm hoping you can talk about that really quickly, like you're launching your podcast. Yeah, we're definitely... We've got a lot of questions. People are asking us, like, what? how are you building this business so quickly? So we're releasing a behind-the-scenes podcast called marketingyourbusiness.com. So if you go there, you'll see where we're going to begin releasing it. Yeah, it's exciting. It's not like this podcast in the style where this is longer, more in-depth episodes. It's more of like a behind-the-scenes of what we're doing. So they're shorter episodes, but you're on a journey with us. And so you'll see like the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the struggles, the fears, the anxieties, the self-doubts, the results, all that kind of stuff is all baked into the journey at marketingyourbusiness.com. I love that. And you've got a live event. 
coming up. Yeah, and speaking of anxieties, you know, it's like this is our first big live event for our group and our audience. You know, there's a few seats that are available for general public, but it's our tribe live event. And this is my area of expertise is helping people generate recurring revenue in their business through membership sites. And so we've got that event. And yeah, there's a bunch of fear baked into that. You know, it's like, will people show? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have over 300 people who are saying, yes, they will. So I'm sure they'll be there. Yeah. But we'll make sure to include a link to that. As soon as I get a link from you, we'll put that in the show notes as well. For those who, I mean, I couldn't recommend going enough to his event. It's in Toronto? It's in Toronto, yeah. So I'm a proud Canadian, so we're... uh, Get your passports ready. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And then you've also got your tribe workshop coming up in, well, it's it's still a ways off, but in November. Yeah, so the best way to find out about that is just to go to the tribe course.com or tribeworkshop.com. Either one will take you there. But that's our flagship product and that's how we help and serve our audience is helping them create communities and generate recurring revenue in their business. Yep. And you helped me years ago with when I started my membership site, which we brought to over half a million dollars a year just at $49 a month. Bam! Um, so love having that reoccurring revenue. <laughs> Stu, this has been amazing. So thank you so much for taking the time. He got here early to his own event so we could record this episode. Okay, wait, before yep. you go. Yeah. I gotta, I'm shutting you off. I want to talk to your listeners for a second. Okay. You okay. to leave the room? <laughs> you don't have to leave, but just shut up is what I'm telling you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I want you as one of James's listeners to know this. I've known James for many years. And what's been amazing as one of his friends and mastermind partners and so forth is seeing his evolution. And what you may or may not realize behind the scenes is just how much he cares about you and how much he continues to work with his team to care and to serve and to provide value to you. And it's been amazing to see his transformation because in the beginning, it was just like all of us as entrepreneurs. It was like... I'm building this business to serve my own myself, my own lifestyle. But I've seen a dramatic shift in his focus. And the shift now is all about what can he do for you, his listeners, his audience? How can he best serve you, his listeners, his audience? And I just want you to know that you're in good hands. So if you're listening to the Mind Your Business podcast, which... I do myself. I was telling James on my drive in here to Toronto, I was batch listening to a bunch of the back episodes. I was listening to the one with him and his lovely wife, Chelsea, talking about team building. I was listening to the one about you know creating your perfect day. And there's so many great episodes in this podcast. I just want you to know that you're in great hands. And behind the scenes, he is just as, if not more, dedicated to your success than he appears on the front end. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you being on the podcast, taking the time. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. For 10 years now, I've made my living selling digital courses, membership subscriptions, and group coaching. I've been able to make millions of dollars. Yet even better, I've been able to help thousands upon thousands of students with my training. Yet I've never taught my system on how to actually get started, how to choose the right niche, the right product, the right tools, and the right plan. Until now. The information marketing industry is booming now more than ever. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines waiting to get in, well, now is your time. For the next eight weeks, I'm going to be delivering a brand new training course live showing exactly how to get started and get profitable, even if you have no list, no product, 
or no idea. And the best part is, it's 100% free. All you have to do is request an invite to my private Facebook group. Every week, I'll broadcast a live, in-depth training with homework, action items, and of course, Q&A. So to request access to my private group now and join the training absolutely free, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash free. That's www.jameswedmore.com forward slash free. And I'll see you there.